you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. If you walk away now, you can tell your children that you saw Clan Warlock before our blood pack conquered the stars. You think the Erd not impressive? They are pitiful! Warlock Gold will destroy them! The Salarian will cure the Genophage, and Clan Warlock will spread across the galaxy in a sea of blood! Appears they discovered Malin's work. Unfortunate. It doesn't have to happen like this. I can understand wanting to cure the Genophage. No human, you understand nothing! You have not seen the piles of children that never lived. The Krogan were wronged. We will make it right, and then we will have our revenge! Half the galaxy sees the Krogan as victims. If you start a war, you'll lose their support. We have the Blood Pack, and we have the Salarian. When our clan numbers in the millions, we will not need support. When we cure the Genophage, Warlock Gold will rule all Krogan. The Krogan Rebellion- You talk too much. See? The human cannot hit a simple target. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 33, and today we head to a place that we've heard a lot about, and I, I should say I, I, I was a little surprised that we went there, but I, ultimately I don't think I should have been. It makes sense that we go there. Uh, we head to Tachanka and actually get to see, like, what's going on with the Krogan? And depending on whether or not you kept him alive, what's going on with Rex? So we're going to talk about the Morden loyalty mission and the Grunt loyalty mission, since they both happen on Tuchanka. Uh Before we get to them, though, let's just talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the stuff that we first encounter on Tuchanka and, and our first impressions of it. I mean, what did you guys think when... Uh, you you come down onto Tachanka and you're like, here we are. You know, it's it's all it's all dusty and ruins, and you got to go down into a, a hatch to get kind of underground. Um, felt like Detroit. <laughs> oh, I have family in Detroit. There are there are some lovely places in Detroit. Uh, wow. But uh, yeah, no, it's a shithole. Is is what it is. Um, I mean, it's just it's bad in there. Like and and you see it from the second you arrive, right? Because you see like that dusty, like the, all that that you know crap in the air, and um, the warm welcome that you receive uh, is great. Did you? Yeah. When you got off, did y'all take Grunt with you? I assume yes. Yeah, I think so. And yes, Morden. so he gets and Morden. Yeah, so you get you get a great, uh, yeah, great reception. Yeah, yeah, a little different. The, the, like I expected the everybody be grumpy, a jerk, just very kind of tough guys. But I was not really expecting when I first played this, everybody's just disagreement with Grunt. 
just looking down completely on Grunt, they all just realize it's like, you're not natural. You're like, I can't trust you, Tankborn. Well, as I've said, like, he doesn't look like a Krogan. I mean, like, he, he needs that hunch and he's too, he's too upright. And I mean, that's great for like, I guess, you know, him being like a, a combat companion. And I'm curious what like motivated their design decisions behind doing that for him. But I mean, all the other Krogan, they look like normal Krogan. It's just Grunt. The, and then I guess maybe it's because he's so perfect. Really, Grunt and Miranda, the two of them need to like sit down and have a, you know, <laughs> it sucks being genetically engineered discussion. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like if I remember correctly, I think Grunt was supposed to be designed after like a, like a salamander. Like a young salamander was his like basis for a design. Is, is that what I see? But even then, like, are there other Krogan that we see that old? Because I mean, some of them are still talking about like, oh, you know, I, I was trying to mate. And I mean, there's one, there's one Krogan when you're in the main camp that you can, if you keep walking past them, you hear his discussion with his his, uh, his compatriot, and he's talking about how uh, he thinks that there's a kid in the uh, that that's off with the 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 women's camp. And he's like, I think that kid looks like oh, me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like I this did, dude. Yeah, and he's like, I did hook up with somebody about long enough ago that that could be my kid. And he's like, should I go talk to, you know, should I go see if that's mine? And the, the guy's like, dude, you're just, you're all like, the, if either way, no matter what happens, you're going to be disappointed. So just don't. Right. I'll drop it. Yeah. I kind of wish we'd seen a little bit more of the young Krogans. Like, I, like they talked about, but I don't, I don't think we see too many young Krogans. We barely see any women Krogan. Well, you see more of them in th- in like uh, later later on, but like I don't think in the game series you see besides Grant, I don't think you see any that's younger than probably a hundred. There's I mean, it, not a lot of kids in in Mass Effect. Like, there's just not a lot of children in these games. Full stop. That's also fair. Yeah, think, thinking of the Mass Effect three opening now. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 and we'll get there when we get there. But like, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, broadly, like, there aren't you don't see a lot of children because I mean, which is really kind of interesting. You would think that you would just sort of see more generally, but like when you're at the Citadel, um, just think about all the like not kids that you you know don't see. Well, even the human colonies, and, and admittedly, like I guess like drawing the collectors abducting children might be like a step too far uh you know in terms of uh you know how they want to present things well you know but, that children got got kidnapped though right like yeah. or, or, but but the thing is like you don't see them like you would think like if you were going off to colonize somewhere and admittedly maybe it's still a little bit too wild westy like okay let's set settle down but no but we hear about um i can't remember his name but there's the one guy on the normandy that's talking uh, that's sitting in the, the little crew quarters. And his whole story is that, oh yeah, I got family and kids on one of the colonies. Oh yeah. And yeah. I'm worried, you know, I'm worried mm-hmm. that they didn't get off in time. And if they did get off in time, and then he's the one that winds up getting abducted, but um, spoiler alert. But. Well. <laughs> yeah. But, but even though you, you hear about the kids on the Citadel from, cause. Oh yeah. We talk about mouse and stuff like that from, uh, it's Colia, yeah, but even yeah. then, he's not that young. I mean, well, now no, he's not that no, not Colia, but like we remember Mouse, they talked about that he was a kid on there, and that there are tons right. of other kids on the station who are duck racks, but you never see them. I, you never see I mean, them, I, right? I think the easy explanation is they didn't want to make character models for kids. <laughs> like, Absolutely, right, but it's still know. funny. It is. It is funny. Yeah. Also, it's funny yeah. how until I thought until we talk about right now, I never really considered it. So too we. Much. 
we had a listener in in Discord link uh, a video that was very interesting, which is what was it made me think about it for the first time. Like, oh yeah, there's like no kids in these games. They need uh, that should be DLC. That's how The Sims does it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to see them Simsify. Although it is EA, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so you, you go down the hatch, you come in. Everybody's very. Uh, if not hostile, just aggressive or di- I guess at best dismissive towards Shepard and everybody, but really like, they yeah. are like you're not Krogan, you don't belong here. And even the grunt are like, you're not Krogan, you don't belong here. Just, you know, do your business and get out of here. Yeah. And um, they're also just talking about like everybody who's like wronged them in the each species they can beat up from like the Solarians, the Turians. They even mentioned like the, the Asari on there just... They yeah because there's the two Krogan like right when you you come you come in that they're just standing there and they're they're going off about how they're going to kick everybody's ass and to me it felt a little bit like uh, uh what is it the, the like like the same sort of exaggerated manner like uh, Key and Peel would do the the Liam Neesons where they were the valets <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. just like kind of like talking about how except there they're talking about how great Liam Neeson movies are and instead here it's just they're talking about like yeah, how great the Krogan are that they're going to kick everybody's like, yeah we'll take out the Salarian then we'll go take out those those wimpy uh the the the, the wimpy turian and, and the asari aren't anything and it's just like dude like yeah, sit, sit there in your little your little uh you know pockmarked hellhole planet and lick your wounds and, and talk shit go ahead you do that yeah i mean it always it made me always think about you know again like to go back to that wild west theme like the idea of people you know in a in a Wild West town sitting around at the saloon talking about how they're going to deal with, uh, I don't know, Jebediah's mean seven or whoever it is. <laughs> and then like one dude walks in and they all shut up real quick. Like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of talk and not a lot of, well, anything else. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to talk when you're not actually doing anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but it's also that thing's funny you call their their planet a hellhole. Because it is to every species except a Krogan. The Krogan, their planet is freaking perfect. Because I like, think it's still not great for them. No, 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 no. Because remember, like their their next closest planet, like they have a their third planet, Krubon. It's also a hellhole, shitty place. Can barely survive there. But it's named after a like it's called a paradise world. And, the Krogans love to go there to test their might and test their 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 man their Krogan strength, and most of them die. Yeah, but I mean, like they, I mean, they definitely are like suffering the after effects of nuclear winter. Like it's not, you know, it's not great. I, I think there's a little bit of spoiled grapes kind of mentality where they're like, okay, like yeah you know our planet makes us tougher yeah that's great it's like if you offered them the opportunity like hey would you like to live on the nice parts of vermeyer <laughs> like i think right. they'd probably they'd probably like, yeah you know maybe, maybe you could get a summer home but i think i feel like, like most <laughs> like maybe it's just where they the plants that the counselor everybody lets them go to but every planet they like to go to is just like a hellhole well if they're willing to like self-flagellate in that kind of uh you know to that degree and nobody else is going to inhabit those planets anyway but by right. all means take them like you know you know everybody seems happy on that front but yeah so did you guys i think we all kept rex alive after vermeyer oh yeah. 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 yeah yeah okay so so we show up and he's sitting there on the the throne for lack of a better word kind of uh ruling over his little 
encampment here. Over all the dust piles and broken piles of dirt and rocks and everything else. This is my roll pile. Get your own. Yeah. Well, except he's not really like that. He actually is trying to get more more of their clans together. But see, R- Rex's arc, and and I suppose we'll we'll talk more about this in in Mass Effect Three too. But uh, at least his arc to this point, like it feels like in the first game, like Rex shows up and he's like okay, but he he has a little. He clearly has some stuff to kind of work out. Like he's not. I wouldn't say Rex is broken to any degree. But he just has, you know, he just kind of needs some some clarity on some some issues, and you know, he he works with Shepard. We get him that armor, and it seems like he kind of goes through. Especially then, you know, all the discussions we have with him, it seems like we kind of put him into a, a place where he can start to figure things out. And then we see that he's done that. Like in the two years since you know he parted with Shepard, you know, he's he's reasserted himself back with his clan. He seems to be trying to lead the Krogan people in the right direction. Like he's back on a good path, and uh, you know that's one of the things I like about the first game's loyalty missions is that they all felt like you were taking the characters and steering them, you know, at least as a paragon in a positive direction. You know, you could very you had the option to kind of let things go negatively, but you were steering them one way or the other. And I, you know, I think I kind of said this before with with some of the missions here that you don't always get that feeling that that like uh, like the Jacob mission like we talked about like right he he still. Like he still feels it like very unresolved as a character, and you know, and then we'll talk about uh, Morden and Grunt shortly. But you know, it's like I liked that clarity of the first game, and I'm, I'm and I guess maybe because they knew this was the second installment that they're like, okay, we don't have to resolve things necessarily with all the characters. We can kind of leave some of them in an open space because we'll be able to revisit them should they all survive in the third game. Um, but like, it's nice to see Rex is moving in a good direction. That like working with Shepard influenced him positively absolutely and things like a little nicer to coming here if you've kept rex alive because otherwise i think he this his brother is in charge he's just very dismissive of you well that makes sense because if, if he's there that means things went south with rex and you probably if you didn't if you didn't directly kill rex that means you gave uh either ashley or caden the order to do it i assume ashley i don't know i don't, I don't know if you could get caden to do it maybe it is always ashley um but uh yeah that uh yeah i could see why he'd be dismissive like thanks you you killed my brother thanks yeah yeah so you get down there there's the varin pit did you guys play any of the uh or did you yeah. well there's the varin pit there's also like a little kind of like side mission where you go talk to uh you can talk to the one uh krogan who's like a vendor and there's a a varin sitting next to him and if you bring him some meat that you find mm-hmm. then he'll start following you around and then you can actually kind of get him that you can put him into the varin pits and start betting on your own varin oh yeah no i did all that i was i mean just one bet uh why not what's one bet it couldn't hurt yeah i i, I was not as, as interested in in it but uh like eh, whatever i have tons of money why do i need a bet yeah i mean that's the thing the stakes are i think it's like you wager 250 credits or something yeah yeah it's very low yeah yeah but no, I was trying to see if I like how much of a run I could get with the Varen. And so I was save scumming and like just getting anytime he lost. <laughs> Cause the only two is like, I was worried, like you watch the little cinematic for the Varen fighting and it looks like the winning Varen, like just kills, just rips the other one to shreds. Oh, oh yeah. And then you go and there's a, like, there's like a science bay, like around the corner 
And you go in there and there's this one, the, the scientist in there is kind of a, a dick to Shepard. But that's a standard Kroger also, thing. It's standard Kroger to be a dick. Tr- yeah. 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 But like on one of the beds, like the, the Varen will show up uh, until he heals. And then once he's healed, he's back out and you can start betting on him again. So he doesn't actually die. I guess none of the Varen actually die, which is weird. But because as, again, as I said, it looks very vicious. Yeah. The Varens are I never very vicious. That. That's interesting. Yeah. But also, Varens also apparently are very delicious. Because, you know, a fish dog foods where they serve you Varens on a skewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Varens are freaking everywhere on every planet for some reason. That seems like an invasive species problem. I think it like, is. Especially as the Krogan probably went around the space. Well, the Krogan and the Batarians use them. They make good attack dogs, apparently. And then there's also there's also a mechanic that you can talk to. He's working on a, on one of the, uh, what is it, the, like the transports. Uh, oh. like, so you can talk. There was that, but we also forgot to mention like the the, the scientist. Like, like, oh yeah, like, yes. You, like we talked a little bit about him. I think it's funny when you're talking to him, where he's upset that like Grunt is having like the Grunt Rex is having him work on food supplies and agriculture. Oh yeah, this guy's very not, funny. It's like, like I want things to explode. Well, you scientific genius can't be done unless it explodes. That is true. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't there a pie jack in the office as well that you can interact with? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Did you do the pie jack shooting game as well? Yes, I highly enjoyed yes. it. Isn't that part of the mission? Don't you have to do that in order to... No. No, that, that's yeah. just a separate, just for fun, just shoot a bunch of pie jacks. Okay, yeah, cool. pretty much. Yeah, it's really, really yeah. very forgiving on where you shoot them. It'll hit the, the blast yes. radius will kill a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, given that, I'm surprised that like they would have a problem because it seems like if you just kind of, you know, like, as long as you just shoot, as like you said, anywhere in the vicinity, like you get mm-hmm. the pie jack, you get credit. So and it's not like there's that many pie jacks you can't keep up with them. Well, they don't want to try to get rid of all of them because they also use pie jacks as food supplies and same True. as variants. Like everything is a food supply. <laughs> can't kill them all because what then what do you eat? Are there Krogan? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, their world is like blasted, right? Like their agriculture can't be good. No. I mean, especially since, you know, they don't hold with science so much. So they're probably not like doing like they're, you know, or not scientists. It's like, I don't want to work on agriculture. This is boring. Also, to be fair, their agriculture, their plants on there are also predators. So like everything on Tachanka wants to kill you, even the plant life. So. Well, see, that's the thing that I always found interesting is. Like hearing Rex talk about Tuchanka in the first game and then looking at the Krogans and their sort of reptilian nature, I was imagining it to be more of a jungle type place. Like it's hostile because it's a jungle. Like you go, you know, you go into the jungle, like you have, you know, and especially like the plants are trying to eat you. Like everything's trying to eat you. Like you have to be tough to survive. So to come to Tuchanka and find it to be like a bombed out, a bombed out rune of, you know, that looks like society. I mean, it makes sense if they advanced to the point where they had nuclear weapons that they could inflict that upon themselves. It makes sense that that's what their their planet would look like, but it's just weird to sort of juxtapose that, like, oh, like, like, what did it look like before? Like, you've got this race that prides themselves on being tough, and it looks like they were living in like a regular like metropolis with like roads and like imagine like Krogan like sitting in their car in traffic, getting angry as they're driving on their job to where they punch people in the face. I don't even know what they would well, do. Well, it, it, part of the problem was is that just with the when they split the atom and did nuke themselves, the Krogans that survived that were the ones who had the blood rage and everything else. Right. Like the most aggressive and hard living ones survived, not the ones who built the cities. 
So isn't that kind of like the, the like the the way like the yeah never mind I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that I thought, one. I thought it was going somewhere and I lost it. But no, um, yeah. So so basically, you're saying like all like the the nerd the Krogan nerds got blowed up, and that just left all like the. Uh, all the jocks, oh, the all the Krogan jocks, yeah, yeah. All the jocks. I guess, I guess you guys are kind of, kind of like an idiocracy kind of thing, but like a little different. Yeah, but what's interesting though is because one of the quotes that I like to make fun of with Rex is, you know, have you ever seen a Krogan scientist? And then we keep finding Krogan we scientists. Three. We just mentioned we do spend a exactly. lot of time with Krogan scientists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we found, yeah, we found, exactly. And you might say, well, okay, well, the, the ratio of Krogan scientists to we found more Krogan scientists than we have Krogan children. Although that doesn't say much because well, of age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of had a funny there was a lot of dialogue. It's like, hey, remember last time you asked me about the Krogan scientist? You got one right over there five five feet from yeah. me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like when you show up and you see the scientist, like Rex should have like had to slip Shepard like a 10 or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, you win. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's fair. But uh Yeah, but you're about to talk about the mechanic oh. guy, and that guy was funny too. Yes. Yeah, because he's very, he's very sort of done with his job. I enjoy him. He's he's yes. an essential worker who's who's over it. Yeah. I get it. I, I get that. I've been in that position. It's like, y'all want the shit right. done? I got to get it done for you. You want to shoot each other? We got to get this working so we can shoot each other. No work a truck, no bank shooty, shooty, shooty. So the, the other Krogan that I want to mention, and again, talking about Krogan nerds, we, we have the Krogan poet Char. Who, if you interact with him and uh, his uh, Asari companion on Ilium, they show up here when you get off your little shuttle. It's so good. Uh, it is great. Yeah, because the, the first, I'm like, wait, what is that? Is that? It is. And he's there to like show. Uh, her name is uh, Ereba. You know, sort of. You know what his world is like since she decided to be with him now. And she's just like, yeah, this this place is not great. Are you sure I'm welcome? He's like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah, fine. They're, they're, everybody's cool. They're all like giving her the side eye. Like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's, she's like, like no, this, uh, I not totally cool. made a bad decision on this relationship now. Mm, regretting this decision. I wouldn't say the r- relationship is bad, but, you know, maybe maybe sometimes, you know, you don't you don't go visit the home world. You just, you know. You don't. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's the funny thing about Char is it's like you don't seem like you belong here either, frankly. Oh no, no, no! You're you're right, you're right. He, they, I think he's tolerate. He, oh, he's probably tolerated at best. Probably treated a lot like grunt. Like you're not actually a member of the clan. Shut up and get out of here. Right, he, exactly. He is the surviving nerd of of the uh, Krogan species. Well, I just, I would just like to see him on like his clan uh, acceptance mission. You know, when he, you know, that we'll talk about with Grunt when he's doing all those fights and instead of actually like, you know, like trying to shoot at stuff, he's just like, I'll recite poetry. That will, <laughs> that will win the day. Oh, I guess. Is, is he in the, in the Gurdok clan? I didn't actually tell if he was Char or not. Or... Uh, you know, they don't say, I don't think. I, I Yeah, I just kind of assume he is because why else would he be at like. You know, well, it's it, not space. It's considered the uh, the capital of the planet, like the main sort, like thing. Because there's a charge. good point. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the main <laughs> the main spaceports where whoever controls that area. So I think you have to go there regardless and show deference to the clan. Well, maybe he's the capital because he's like the Krogan poet laureate, and so he's there to officially like <laughs> uh, memorialize any events that happen. The f- poetry. Maybe he's the first and only Krogan poet laureate. <laughs> 
right. So I think I think that covers sort of everything around Tuchanka. At this point, we should be ready to uh, actually get into the missions, or do we have more to say about Rex or anybody? No, that's like, Tuchanka's pretty small, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's some good wandering around dialogue, but it's yeah. it's not a big zone. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the only thing I enjoyed was it was talking to the shopkeep for a little bit, the Krogan shopkeep. Like, so that's like, don't eat most of the food here. It will ruin your insides. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Which, again, that makes me worry about that, uh, uh, was it the fish dog place? <laughs> like, like, what, uh, although they do say they have, uh, what, Turian and, and, uh, Quarian options available. So maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. Well, this place, it's like, you sell to, you sell to Don Krogan. It's like, well, yeah, they spend better. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. <laughs> All right, so with that said, let's go ahead and let's hear about Morden's mission and uh, what happens with him. Morden asks Shepard to help him recover a student of his named Malin, who was abducted by the blood pack on Tuchanka. Shepard and Morden head to Tuchanka and learn that Morden's apprentice is being held by Clan Warlock. A scout was sent after Malin, but never returned. Shepard and Morden ride out to the converted hospital that now serves as Warlock's base. After fighting through some clicks and blood pack, they enter the hospital and find human remains. They conclude that the Krogan are experimenting on human glands to find a genophage cure. They encounter the Warlock clan speaker, and after some back and forth, engage the clan in combat. After finding some more corpses, Warden begins to reckon with his role in creating the genophage. They find the lost Erdnot scout, who is exhibiting signs of Stockholm Syndrome, and is willing to sacrifice himself in the name of clan Warlock's research. Shepard can try to talk him into leaving. Finally, Shepard and Morden encounter Warlord Gould, leader of Warlock. They defeat him and meet up with Malin, who it turns out is willingly working with Clan Warlock. Morden and Malin debate the morality of the Krogan genophage, and Shepard is left to influence Morden regarding Malin's fate and the fate of his research into a cure. So that was heavy. I think there's... Morden seems to be one of the more chipper members of the crew. He always seems kind of yeah. kind of upbeat. Yeah, that's but like good. he. Yeah. he he carries some weight to him and it seems like he's a bit, I don't want to not necessarily in denial about it, but he's like, I think he's learned, especially, you know, given his role in, in the, like the Salarian special ops and stuff. Like he was just one of those guys, like, I'm just going to let everything kind of, I'm just going to brush off and ignore everything and just stay up. Mm -hmm. And that's the way to go. And like here, no, it's like, you have to face your consequences. You have to face what you've done. Uh, well, they, they, you know, and, and they explain why he's so upbeat too. In the end of this, because he yeah. processes his emotions super quickly, but he, well, even then, like he does, he 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 taught himself to do that. Like I mean, I know like the Salarians, they all think faster and they live faster because they live shorter. But I think like that's a coping mechanism that he came up with. Like they're just gonna process the emotion, get up, move on with it, and just be done with it, and not worry about it. Because otherwise, I mean, otherwise you you get stuck. You know, like you get mired in how you feel, especially especially for you know, playing a role in the Krogan genophage, if you let that hit you the wrong way, like that'll put you into like a, a depression and yeah, like Solarians, they, they move quicker and they, they, you know, they, they don't live as long, but still like that'll, that'll bog you down. That's fair. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he can process fast all you want, but I mean, there's things that stick with you your whole life, whether you process your grief or not, like they still shape who you are. Yeah. I feel like him, like the entire his entire quest. He's trying to justify what he's been doing with the with the genophage, trying to modify it. 
And it's like he has a point though. That's the thing. Like his justification isn't if you really take it if you take out the emotion of it, he's not wrong. Well, no, like there's been other planets, like if you read the some of the planets you scan, there's one of them that was actually a regular planet that the Krogans had for like a decade and they basically turned it into another Tachanka and like wrecked right. most of the planet and over overbred, overpopulated, and it's like I don't agree with right. it, but it's like uh, it's not wrong exactly. Like Like his his argument for you know however you want to look at it is we he sees it as as a binary choice either we limit the population growth of the krogans or they're all going to die there isn't like a third choice in his in his worldview and it's not i I don't know i mean he's picking the better of two options in that case yeah but like it's still like hard to justify that option when like he's saying he's doing it to save them and then he finds the krogan the the female volunteer krogan who's like died so she could have kids and it's like, did you save this one? No, you didn't. Yeah, but again, I mean, that's where you you take it in the abstract. It's it's sort of like if you are a general and you're sending, you know, you, you know, you're sending a deployment out, you're sending a regiment out into to combat. You know, some people will die, almost certainly. Yeah, but this is not actually like military personnel you're talking about, and it's like you're but talking he, about he is military. He's STG. He's military, but he's not saying that's you're talking about his own forces. This is sitting out to an opposition force, and now there are people of species to civilians yeah. as well as military combats. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm just saying that like it's not it's not it's easy to sit back and say, like, oh well, you know, morally this is really reprehensible, et cetera. But if you it, I don't know, I I his viewpoint, if he convinces himself that the two choices are some Krogans die or all Krogans die, then he's, and you know, then he's making what he feels is the best possible choice for him, which he still hates. I mean, he doesn't like doing it, but he oh, just, no. you know, and he's like, the, I, I the way he did it is also not like the worst ways he done it. He, he didn't use any live subjects. Whereas his apprentice, who came back just using on anybody, humans, whatever. It's like, Actually, physically hurting people, trying to fit, trying to stop it, where try to use data and stuff where no one actually got affected, you know. Right. He's he's hurting them, but for the most part, they seem to be volunteers, or at least they get brainwashed into being volunteers. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that that one, uh, the, the one scout from Erdnot that was captured there, um, you know, that you're able to kind of talk him into leaving, but but even then, like when you show up, he's at least. He's at least been brainwashed enough that he's on board with, okay, like, let them, you know, torture me, let them do what they need to do because it's, you know, they're, they're close to curing the genophage. That's good for everybody. Like the, the, you know, he kind of understands it to that degree. Yeah. But I love um, the way the reasoning is like, Hey, yeah, he might solve the genophage for you, but it ain't going to be Erdnot that are going to be running the place. Right. 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 And I think that's why it's important. Um, well, at the end, did you, you guys let, uh, did you let, uh, Morden take the, Data. I let him make a backup, just in case you know. Yeah, I need it. Yeah, yeah. I I I save the data. Yeah, because if, I mean, if if there's any if there's anywhere that the cure should come from, it should come from outside the Krogan, because then that's the most I think equitable way for the Krogan to receive the cure. Whereas, yeah, if you have one of the clans come up with the cure somehow, 
then that uh, clan is just going to dominate. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, you know, who knows if you're going to get, you know, like a, a wise clan like Erdnot or you're going to wind up with a uh, Werelock where uh, right. they're just going to try to run roughshod over the galaxy again. But I thought, I thought Malin had an interesting point though, because he does say that, you know, like within the genophage, and this is kind of, this kind of goes to your point earlier, uh, Kura, that, you know, it's like the genophage is killing off like all of the smart Krogan to a degree. Like who's to say like, like, like w- what we see of Krogan society now is the selected society. It's the Darwinian version of their society. But if you had a, had a situation where there were more Krogan able to breed, like, you know, wh- where would their diplomats or their, you know, their poets or right. their, uh, you know, their nerds, like, you know, they would get a chance to flourish. And who's to say that just because we know of the, you know, the Darwinian society, Who's to say that's what a flourishing Krogan society would actually look like that, you know, there's no guarantee that they would run roughshod. Although the problem is that we kind of saw them start to do that. And even when you talk to, you know, when you talk to most of the Krogan, and again, these are the Krogan who were, you know, brought up within the the Krogan society as it is since the genophage, they all say they want to do that, that they, you know, like. I, I, I'm not saying that there aren't Krogan out there that wouldn't grow up to be like, no, we can, you know, Give peace a chance, but I don't know. Hip, hippie Krogan seem few and far between. Yeah, I think the danger there is that you know you have to if even there has to be time for them to evolve along that that path before they destroy the whole rest of the galaxy. Well, that's also the problem with them. they got up there were the race that got uplifted to fight the wreck. Now they're using to solve a problem, but didn't have a backup plan. And now you forcibly have just mutilated a species, just like, hey, we're going to make yourself make 99% of your offspring die. We're going to make that choice for you. Screw yourself. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it speaks greatly to the, you know, the, it speaks greatly to the problem of uplifting the Krogan in the first place. I think right. that without the Rachni, they wouldn't have done that. And I think that'd be an interesting, I, I don't know if you got, are there any of the books that look at that time or, or anything or. I don't think so. As far as like the the decision to uplift and, and unleash the Krogan into the yeah. galaxy, because there, we know there are other races that they have encountered that they have intentionally not uplifted. Right. Like, because they were just like, yeah, these guys are, these guys are way, you know, they're way these bad guys are way not cool. Well, and I think, <laughs> I think, you know, they probably would have looked at the Krogan in, in normal circumstances without the Rachni war going on would have said, no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is why, you know, this is why, uh, in the Star Trek universe, there's, you know, sort of the non-intervention policy and, and in, and that's actually based in, you know, real conversations that people had, uh, back when we, we're more optimistic about meeting extraterrestrial life. It's like, Hey, let's not get involved because we have no idea what we're doing. Right. So you're saying we shouldn't go looking at that cube that's on the moon. Excuse me. Moon cube. Yeah. You didn't hear about the moon, yeah, cube? moon cube, the moon cube. Oh no. The uh, Chinese uh, space rover on the moon on the dark found so- some kind of cube like object on the dark side of the moon. It's supposed to go checking it out. Uh, I mean, it's just a pixelated uh, object at this point. Oh, I, mean, I see. So could, okay, I thought they found like, like a, a, a visual fragment. It's pro- oh, okay. no, so the, okay. yeah, it's, but no, you know, I, I had not heard about they took the, the picture. It looks like a cube. Moon cube. Oh my god, two thousand one yeah. is finally happening in <laughs> two thousand twenty-one. What years off? That worked out know. really well for everybody, right? I mean, it did. It yeah. pretty much did. So, 
yeah so we gotta we, we gotta we gotta watch out for for uh when when they come from well even then when they came to uplift the humans the uh we get into the first contact war with the Turians. Yeah. When the humans like uplifted themselves. Yeah. yeah. That was the humans doing not, That's not true. someone else choosing for you. Like, right. You've, you found it out. You reverse into technology. Okay. I guess you're, you're now here. We can't stop that. I mean, so is that because I mean, th- this game gives you a strong impression that the Reapers are here for the humans. That, mm. I mean, because, you know, we talk about, you know, 50,000 years ago, they came through and they wiped out Prothean civilization. But, like, we don't hear about, like, oh, like, you know, like, there wasn't a, like, the the sort of uh, vast gathering of ra- alien races that we see today. Like, you know, like, you look at the Citadel and there's three different, now four different races on the council. Um, and that's just council races. I mean, the number of races we interact with in this game you know, you, you need, you know, more than, a, a, you know, probably more than two hands. There's, there's, you know, they do a good job of populating the number of aliens mm-hmm. here. And so, you know, now ostensibly when the Reapers come through and wipe out the galaxy, they don't make a distinction about that. But all we know about 50,000 years ago is that, oh, they came for the Protheans. We don't hear about like, oh, yeah, there was the well, Protheans and the, they, there's, you know, they there, had their there own. There actually is a reason for that is like Prothean is not a race as we know it. It is and isn't. That's where the like, oh, distinction okay. is. Prothean is an empire. Everybody, when, the, when you, the, when they took like, yeah. the way Protheans is, it's why on when you first see the species on Ilos, why they looked a bit different is they're Prothean as they're part of the Prothean Empire, but they're not Prothean as a Prothean species. Protheans incorporated yeah. other races in there and just said, now you're Prothean. Yeah. I feel like some of that is retcon because the game, the series also makes a pretty strong statement that there is a Prothean race. Yeah. Also, it so, depends eh. on like this is like the growth of the races too, because Protheans, if they get done, get advanced farther and don't have like a a nice way of dealing with people, they're just like, oh, you're not advanced enough. We'll wipe you out. They're the most advanced ones. Right. This race didn't work. It kind of lost the Protheans. This one, we had the Asari who like, hey, we could be friends. We want to, we actually want your thing so we won't kill you all. Torres joined in. Solarius joined. Everybody else, we'll keep you alive. But I guess what I wonder though is that, okay, so even putting aside the whole, like we only talk about the Protheans from before. Um, it's like the humans show up and join galactic civilization. And like, that's the last major event before the reapers come back and it could just be like that's just that you well, know no, that's not, it's not it's not the last major event there because like the vorsha not the vorsha um that new race we had to fight this room i can't remember their name right now is it the the really yeah, the, 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 the ones that they we they like uh they're immune to disease basically yeah, that's yeah, vorsha, vorsha. yeah. It, it is vorsha okay i don't know why i was I, I was doubting myself but they were only encountered two years ago they're a relatively new species in the galaxy too well, they, they but you said they came two years ago, so like the the Reaper invasion was already started. Like I guess whatever triggered uh, Sovereign to recruit Saren and actually be like, hey, okay, it's it's time for everybody to start moving in here. Let let's go open up the beacon. I wonder if it wasn't like like the, the humans because the other thing too is like humans come in in a relatively short time. They start upsetting the uh, the order of things to the point that everybody's worried about that, and you know you have like you know the Skillion Blitz, which is intentionally against the humans. And all that kind of stuff. And I just wonder if it's like, like, okay, like there's something about the humans in particular that the, 
the Reapers were like, okay, like that's the race we're looking for. That's the one we want to come in. And that's why they're collecting all the humans at this point. To, you know, I'd say yes, except that's not a hundred percent true because the Reapers were actually trying to invade before we actually had the first contact war. That's why like, okay. like his sovereign, then like they try, he tried to activate the keepers. They didn't do anything. So he had to, oh, he had okay. to get a more age to get people to like start formulating plans. Cause when we meet Saren, that's not the first, that's not how long sovereign's been working on the plan. He's been working for decades. Okay. Try to get things in place, get people in ages and get things like ready. So he could go in there and start the stuff from basically manual. Okay. So really the, the Protheans then, by delaying the keepers, even though it didn't work for them, it actually bought us enough time for humans to get into a position where they can make a difference, and thus we get Commander Shepard. Yeah, basically. Cool. Well, anyway, back to Tuchanka. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that got a bit off. Did either um, of you let Morden shoot uh, shoot Malin? No, I'm a paragon. I'm sorry. Mm. No, I, I, I was being generous. Yeah, I, I actually also didn't. Like, I watched the scene. Um, but it, I don't know. I think Morden comes out a little bit better if he doesn't take Malin out. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, it's funny because Morden says like, I'm not a killer. Or I think Shepard says to Morden, like, you're not a killer. And then Morden's like, yeah, I'm not a killer. And it's like, I've seen Morden kill people. Right. <laughs> I'm not just talking about him being in my party. Like the dude on Omega that was defending that clinic against like all the gangs Definitely a killer. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but it's it's a difference between killing like someone who's coming to attack you, trying to hurt you, and then killing someone you've had a close relationship with, you've worked with, you had a team, and he doesn't actually like. Isn't actually like making a really like a wrong choice per se. It's just not the one that Morden wanted to make. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't like he's trying to stop the genophage. He wants to help the Krogans. It's not really evil. No. No, and and you can see as you, you, you know, like Morden goes through that, like he's starting to process that. Like this, as I was sort of saying earlier about, you know, some of the quests, like, th- like this is one of the quests where I feel like Morden grows from this quest, that he, he distinctly changes and he yeah. comes out a different person because of these events here. Yeah. Um, because oh, yeah, it was, it, yeah. he needed to face what he had done and he had just kind of, when he said like, oh, I processed it and moved on, like no, you, you thought about it for like five seconds and just let it behind you and as long as you don't dwell on it you're okay and like you need you need to kind of like think about what you did you need to you need to process it does need to process it so this quest had one of my favorite moments in the game and that's when you walk into the warlock base and the one Krogan walks out and he's up on the up on the balcony, up on the ledge. Mm, oh, and yeah. He starts going off about how great Clan Warlock is and just going off and going off and going off. And on my first playthrough, I was going as Paragon. And you get that little renegade option that pops up. And I'm like, what does that do? <laughs> but I'm playing as Paragon, so I'm not going to I'm not going to press the button. And that guy just goes on and on and on. And then finally you get into the, you get into a fight with him and you, you, you start fighting. And so on my second playthrough, when he comes out and that button shows up and I hit that and you just shoot the gas tank and blow him up immediately and cut off like five minutes of dialogue. I was like, thank you. And fighting. <laughs> and fighting. Yeah. Cause then you're, well, you don't have to fight him, but then like another, uh, another, uh, Krogan battle master comes out behind him. So, I mean, it's the same, 
you know, you wind up still in a fight somebody. But yeah, but you kill, you've now killed him now, so it's a little You now kill him, yeah, so he's, he's he's a lot easier. But yeah, that dude, I was so thrilled. And like, this time I was like, I don't care if I'm playing Paragon or Renegade. I'm taking that dude out the moment I get that chance because I do it's not. It's just a couple of Renegade points, you know. We can afford that. We can do that, yeah. But that 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 was always fun. That's they do that a few times where they they give you somebody who you just want to punch in the face and then they let you punch him in the face and that felt good. <laughs> it does. It's really nice. I I think the thing this game like doesn't do well with those prompts is is there's never enough to like really tip the balance. Like if you're gonna play a paragon, you stay paragon, but take the renegade prompts. They're fun. Yes. They're fun and they're never going to push you, you know, beyond the point of being able to to get the choice or the outcome you want. Yeah, well, once I especially, especially once you get the full full paragons, since it's like, yeah, hey, I've got full paragon. Yeah, a little renegade's good now. Yeah, especially when it makes sense. It's like, okay, in this moment, you're pissing me off. Yeah, I mean, this this guy has it coming too. That's the other thing. That is also true. So, a few other things that I thought were interesting uh, regarding Clan Warlock who uh, Malin was working with uh, is that one clan Warlock started the blood pack. Cause even then when you show up, there's a blood pack recruiter, like right by the, the shuttle. And he's just like, you're not joining the blood pack. Go away. Um, they also only. Ha- yeah, exactly. But then they also talk about the Vorkja, how uh, the Krogan view them like Varen that can wield guns. <laughs> so th- that's very accurate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not unfair. And they both and, start with a V. Yeah. And the uh, the Krogan uh, the, or the uh, Clan Warlock, uh, their base is a hospital because they needed a facility that could withstand Krogan in a blood rage. Yeah, that, that is makes a, fun, a, a lot of sense. That is a fun little detail. I mean, when everybody's dead, who everybody's left has only blood rage. You've got to make sure your hospitals are strong enough. And also, we we talked about Morden uh, saying he doesn't test on. Uh, on on certain species his his, uh discrimination is that he doesn't test on any race that can do calculus (laughs) that that explains a lot of people though (laughs) so can he test the race (laughs) i guess that's yeah that's a good question if the vorcha figured out calculus or could they understand it yeah well again if they view him as varin with guns maybe there's some varin that can do calculus (laughs) you gotta show him one of those horses that can do the math Oh, and yeah, then just yeah, be yeah. like, like <laughs> watch Morden get all confused. Like I, I, I can't test test on horses anymore. To, to the extent that he would be getting horses shipped in to test on. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very funny mental image, though. I, I saw this documentary for, from your humans from the 1950s called Mister Ed. <laughs> I realized that horses are, are not somebody I should I should be messing with. <laughs> mm. Speaking of that, did, doesn't after this that you, you start talking to Morden more, he starts telling he just like did like a did singing and dancing. Yes. Yes. It's, it's yes. Alvin and Costello. Uh yeah, after you after you finish this is when you can go get like one of the best character scenes in the game where he does uh uh he does the little bit from um oh my gosh. From Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, Pirates of Penzance. It's it's yes. very good. I missed that. I have to go back and check that out. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, very, it's so funny. The very model of a scientist Solarian. I'm sorry. I know that was important, but you perform Gilbert and Sullivan? I am the very model of a scientist Solarian. I've studied species Turian, Asari, and Batarian. 
I'm quite good at genetics as a subset of biology because I am an expert which I know is a tautology. My xenoscience studies range from urban to agrarian. I am the very model of a scientist solarian. I think that wraps up Morden's mission. Then I think I don't. I don't know if we have much else to say about Not him at yet. this it, point. I don't think so. It, this is. I mean, it's a great mission for him. Like I think this is. You know, Nick, like you said, it, it really does actually help him resolve something and, and move forward. It's it's kind of like the opposite of the Jacob mission. Like he actually finishes some old business and and can carry on with his life. Yeah, and then like when we get out to the next game, it like it makes it, it greatly affects how things go. And it's fun to talk about. So let's go ahead then and let's listen to what happens with the Grunt loyalty mission. Grunt has been feeling extra aggressive lately, so Shepard brings him to Tachanka to see if he can be calmed. They learn that Grunt is going through puberty and he can join Clan Erdnot if he completes the rites. Gatatog Uvenk, a Krogan who has been unhappy with Rex's rule, is angry at this offer and stomps off. Later, Uvenk and Shaman Krogan, who administers the rites, argue about Grunt's offer. Grunt is told he can complete the ritual with his Krant, and Shepard offers to serve in that role. Uvenk complains, and Shepard has the opportunity to headbutt him to Shaman's amusement. Shepard is told that Uvenk cannot interfere in the rite. Grunt and Shepard head out to a keystone to begin the trial. Each time the keystone is pressed, a brief history of the Krogan people is played over a loudspeaker, and some animals are summoned to attack. First, they hear about the Krogan ruling Tachanka because of their toughness and face some Varen. Then, they battle some Klixen after hearing about how the Krogan went into space to be tough. Finally, they hear about the struggle against the Genophage and are forced to fight a Thresher Maw. After fighting the beast, Uvenk shows up with some men and tries to cut a deal that would leave Grunt as an Erdnot in name only. This leads to Shepard and Grunt fighting Uvenk, after which the squad is free to return to base. So you guys killed the Thresher Maw, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, it's easy. Can, is, can you can you not kill the Thresher Maw? You can you can time out of the mission, yeah. Really? And then, uh, yeah, and then Grunt is not loyal. Oh, I oh, did really? That. Yeah, yeah, you can oh. apparently time out of the mission. How long? Because it it seems five to me, minutes. I think you get like yeah, five minutes say, to uh, fight them all. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I even noticed the timer when I was playing through. I didn't notice until like I rewatched. I'm like, wait, what's that timer over there? <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I was wondering. Like, they're all like, oh, like you know, you're the first people to kill the Thresher Maws since since Erdnot Rex, and I'm like, well, if like then has nobody else joined the clan since then? Like, no, 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 doesn't, no, no, no like, well, you do. You the people like people have joined the clan since then because like you have to just survive, right? Right, and so that's what I was wondering. Like, like so, like there has to be a way that you can finish this without killing the Thresher Maw. And then I realized that's what the timer was for. Like, right. That makes sense. Cause even then I thought like, uh, right before when you, when you press the keystone, it even says like, you know, like our, our legacy as Krogan is that the universe will throw us, throw us obstacles that all we can do is survive. And so they're not expecting you to kill the Thresher Maw, which I mean, they clearly they're surprised by the fact that you did. So like their expectation is for you to just survive. Um, and yeah, that that uh, that fight, I I I I have to say, I remember like that. I I 
Like, as you can tell, like, I was just speechless when I was like, when I realized, like, oh, they actually made us fight a thresher <laughs> on foot, yeah, on foot, on foot. Like, because I mean, those things are such a pain in the butt in the first game, and that's when you're even in the in the Mako. Like, you know, they're still they're you know, super annoying, they, and they they yeah. can easily maybe not one shot you, but but darn close. Yeah, I can't, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times even just playing through the first game, you know, I wasn't paying attention and I rolled over a tentacle and got flipped over or, you know, or, or uh, you know, even then, like, it just, you know, I got hit too many times by the stupid spit and it took out my make and I'm like, and then, yeah. you know, then they come back and just blast the thing into holy hell. Well, but, th- this time I also had the, uh, the collector beam and it just literally makes quick work of them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that collector beam is the uh, unsung MVP of my Mass Effect Two playthrough. Oh yeah, yeah, that's such a good weapon. All you need is a clear, a clear line of sight, and just hold it. And then, as long as you got enough uh, ammo there, it doesn't drain on you too much. Yeah, it's like, like it's so funny. Like, I don't, what is that thing? They, 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 the Keystone is that? A, is this just a gun right there, or is it like a satellite launcher? What was that thing? I don't know. Because it's impressive that. However, they whatever they had it rigged to, like it would call in the various wildlife. Like it unleashes the Varen first, and then you get the Killix, and the, and then like that, then it unleashes the th- like. How do they keep the Thresher Maw such that it's like okay, like we're only gonna have the Thresher Maw attack the city when we're doing this this right? Magic Bell. Yeah, I I, I mean I don't know crazy crazy Krogan. I don't know. Like, I could see a group of Krogan going out and be like, okay, we have to, you know, round up a bunch of va- wild Varen, you know, put them in this cage so they get unleashed at the right time. We'll go out and we'll round up a bunch of uh, the Killix, you know, a little bit tougher, but, you know, it's it's feasible. Mm-hmm. They would do that. But, like, yeah, like, what are they, like, do they put, have some kind of bait that they just have to put out and then, like, wait for, like, oh, yeah, the Thresher Maw bait's out. It'll be here anytime now. Yeah. It could just be like just they're just then they're just annoyed by that sound waves. It's just maybe it's a low enough frequency or a high enough frequency that it pisses them off, and they go like, "I must must stop this noise right now." Well, I I wondered if maybe like the Thresher Maw just having to live there, and that's why they built that right there, and then they're like, "Okay, like there's a Thresher Maw nest, and yeah, like they, they use a sound wave or whatever just to irritate it at the right time, so it comes out." And now that we killed it, like they have no thresher mod to do the testing again. They're gonna have to find another location to put the keystone. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't maybe because I, I get because uh, Rex killed one before, so there must be multiple. Unless they have to go out and get like a thresher mod egg and let it grow, so that then they can put it in the nest there. So like you know, once it's full grown, then uh, it, it, this almost sounds like the uh, the the first episode of season two of the Mandalorian where they're fighting the dragon. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, we gotta get we gotta get the egg out of there just so we can put that and have have the Thresher Maw there. It's very true. But but yeah, this between the Thresher Maw fight and getting to blow that guy up uh, with the uh, with the gas the gas pipe. Uh, Tuchanka is one of my favorite planets. It is. This is just. It is fun. I, I really like this mission because there's not. I mean, it's really just go go fight stuff. It's like the the quintessential Krogan mission. Just go, yeah. Go go, go kill stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I, I, re- I do like the the ending of this. Once you if you kill a Thresher Maul, there's like he's like there's been a bunch of uh, breeding requests for Grunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah, like what a, was there one for Shepard? There was yes, there was, yeah. yes. I feel like I feel like Shepard should get more credit here. Like, I know it was Grunt. Like Grunt was sort of you know the, he's the objective here, but uh, I mean Shepard's already taken out 
uh, what is it? Uh, a, a modified Turian specter, uh, you know, say, save the universe, survive death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how, how well the, uh, cause the separate not like an Asari. So I don't know if it's like a, uh, can humans and Krogans make kids together? I'm going to assume not. I don't think so. Could you imagine a human Krogan hybrid? That <laughs> No, that doesn't. No, no, thank you. What if that's the way out of the genophage is that like Krogans and humans have to mate? <laughs> well, apparently like humans are super genetically diverse, so Yeah. Yeah, and this would this would add more diversity. Just leave it at that. Did you guys headbutt the uh the one Krogan? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, speaking of like the renegade option being fun, that's the other thing too. Is like the renegade. I feel like the renegade option should have been the paragon option here. It's always the right choice. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's like I object to the, his thing. Headbutt him. I withdraw my objection. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And then and then shaman is just like, all right, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like I like you. We're gonna he be gets friends. It. Yeah, this is yeah. It's funny how well Shepard fits in on Tuchanka. Like once once the Krogan kind of get a feel for him, and they're like, "Oh wait, like this, this human, he he's a a violent. He gets it, you know, tough. Yeah, <laughs> like, he used his fists in his head like this guy. Yeah. So the one thing about this mission is that, as opposed to the Morden mission, where you feel like Morden is is set on a new path and and like there's there's definite character growth. I don't feel like there's as much character growth for Grunt. There is though. Well, how so? Well, now he understands what he's going through. He now knows like, yeah, I still have my rage problems, but it's my rage. I have a control over it. This is awesome. Well, see, that's the thing though. It's like he still has the rage problems. Like I get like like it's, I, I don't uh, think he views them. I mean, I think he is a Kerrigan. I don't think they view those yeah. as problems. And maybe that's what it is. He's, I guess he's learning to accept his rage. I don't know. I didn't feel I, I didn't feel like he like he's still angry, <laughs> but I guess he's he's better at directing it now. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the now trend. he uh, it also got a place in a clan. He's got a clan. He knows his, the rage is his. Right. I, I mean, I think I that's know. best possible outcome for him, honestly. Especially for a crook like, oh, yeah. understanding. That's the best way to understand. It's like I'm angry, but I like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he is not a Krogan nerd. No. <laughs> I'm angry. I need to do calculus. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of was it uh Uvank, who was the uh sort of the foil of this mission? Yeah, I mean he I, I feel like I it would probably be more interesting if Rex wasn't alive. Like I wonder what the interactions would be. Rex is just so strong in his dismissal of Uvank that it's like, well, yeah, you clearly suck. Well, it was also pretty clear, like, in that dismissal, the way they, like, kind of focused on Uvang, like, okay, this guy's coming back, and, like, I'm probably gonna have to shoot this guy in the face. Oh, for <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, telegraphed. Yeah. Well, they even said, like, what if he interferes? He's not supposed to. He probably will, though. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're Krogans, but screw the rules. Well, even, uh, what was it? Didn't, like, uh, Rex's dad cheat in their fight? Yeah. 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 Most of them cheat. Yeah, it's it's the old uh, what Jesse the Body Ventura what uh, win if you can uh, lose if you must but always cheat <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Overall, I don't feel there's too much to talk about with 
Grunt's mission. It's pretty. It's pretty short. It's pretty straightforward. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's, it's like just, Krogan of missions. Yeah. And then you just really the only thing of note there is you talk to Shaman, who's like, oh yeah, he, you know, he he's sort of an interesting Krogan only insofar as like I guess he's sort of like the right master. I mean, he, his name is Shaman, so you kind of get a feel for what his role is within the the Krogan hierarchy. But even then, he talks about like, yeah, I gave up my name long ago just so I could fulfill this role. And I mean, he's sort of an interesting character. Yeah, but. I like. I enjoy, I, oh, go ahead. One part where you ask him like what the rights were, and he's just like they're so terrible, like you don't want to know. I, I just enjoy that answer. Yes. You were gonna say Kura? I mean, I, I really enjoy his email he sends after the mission's done. It's like I hate I hate these things, but you gotta hear this. It's like a Kura have always valued survival tradition. If we're gonna survive as a people, we need your vat grunt grunt. Kira was a madman, but he was a madman with a plan. That's more than most have on this ball of a rock. So bring him back from your damn mission. We need him. And if y'all get killed, I'm going to piss on your grave. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's the way to go out. All right. I don't want to get pissed on by a Krogan, so I must not die. (laughs) But yeah, overall, this is really the the fight the Thresher Maw mission. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you don't and see it, as many it, Thresher Malls in this game as you did in the first one as the first one. Which I'm glad for Shepard, because at least, you know, being that I chose the lone survivor Oh yeah, that's uh, gotta be background, like background like, yeah, like oh I, I, I've yeah. faced down a, a Thresher Mall before and I don't I don't think he killed it the first time, so yeah, there's gotta be a little bit of of uh therapy for Shepard here too to yeah, finally you you've grown your your Shepherd has grown. It's like yeah. screw you, Thresher Mall. Yeah, I took you down on foot this time. Didn't even need the Mako that like you instantly kill every time. But <laughs> now I want to. I do want to go back to the first game and get out of the Mako and see. Like, is it even possible? I'm sure it's possible. I think if you like up, uh, oh, use I... your sniper rifle and like put like the super heavy ammo in there that you can. You can kind of yeah. Out I, at range. I'm sure somebody has done this. You know, like I'm sure there's like some crazy YouTube video of somebody who did this for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's nice that the challenge was there, but this here is just, yeah, just collector beam, collector beam all day until uh, until you're you're a hero to the Krogan. <laughs> so I think that's gonna go ahead and wrap this up then, unless anyone else anything else to add. No, can't think of anything at the moment. I probably remember it later. That's true. That's always the worst that happens. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I should have mentioned that earlier. But uh, yeah, so for now, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you at home for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also on YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WD and uh, on Twitch, WD. Uh, that's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, here, and also here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. Kuro, where can folks find you? Find me on Twitter at Kurabars, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara, where I stream when I'm not working at work. And then you can always find me every every week talking about Mass Effect, I don't know, Mass Effect, Mass Effect as well, but Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, at Dropping Spicy. Mass Effect's on my brain, I can't get rid of it. How about you, Nick? I am at WikiBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. 
Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. I am checking the email now at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over mtb.gg slash support. Stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 